Welcome to Brawny Conversations. I am Patrick Braun, your host. This podcast will provide our listeners with informative and entertaining discussions held with experienced people covering a wide range of topics. If you want to shorten your learning curve or just learn more about one of our topics, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy our discussion. This episode, Forever Dragons, is the experience of two young men from different parts of the country who ultimately ended up in the same place at the same time to play the game of baseball. One grew up in Northern California in a suburb of San Francisco, and the other from a city just east of Dallas, Texas. The city they ended up in is Paris. No, not the one in France. This Paris is in Texas, just about 20 minutes from the Oklahoma border, and one and a half hours northeast of Dallas. This is the location of Paris Junior College, home of the Paris Junior College Dragon Baseball Team, a National Junior College Athletic Association D1 program. This is where these two young men became teammates and great friends. Our two guests today are Kevin Shea and Barrett Reebok. A bit about Kevin, who is from San Carlos, California. He played high school baseball at Carlmont High School, where he's a member of their Hall of Fame. He graduated high school in 2020 and hit 359 as a switch hitting middle infielder his junior year while playing in 26 games. In his senior year, he played six games due to a shortened COVID season. Following high school baseball, Kevin played prep baseball at TCS Postgrad Baseball. From TCS Postgrad, Kevin chose to attend Paris Junior College. Kevin is currently playing summer ball for the Victoria Harbor Cats in the West Coast Collegiate Woodbat League. In recent game with over 5,000 fans in the stands, Kevin batting from the left side laced a two RBI single to left in the bottom of the ninth to give the Harbor Cats a 4-3 win and a three-game sweep over the North Paws baseball. Now a bit about Barrett who is from Rockwall, Texas, which is located near Dallas. He played high school baseball for Rockwall and graduated in 2021. He played varsity as a sophomore and his senior year. His junior year was canceled due to COVID. He batted 347 in the two seasons with a 975 OPS and a 459 slugging percentage and a 515 on base percentage. He chose to attend college and play baseball at Paris Junior College. Barrett was named as a 2022 ABCA Rawlings NGCAA D1 Gold Glove team member. He was one of nine D1 baseball players to receive a Rawlings Gold Glove. He was named a 2022 NGCAA Division I All-American. In the fall of 2022, he was a participant in the Texas-New Mexico Junior College Baseball All-Star Game. He committed to play baseball for Oklahoma University and is scheduled to play there in the 23-24 season. Barrett is also an MLB draft prospect in the June 23 amateur baseball draft, which is just a few short weeks away. Welcome to the BC pod, guys. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us. Very excited to have this. And uh, your guys' story is awesome. So let's get started. Let's start by going back to when you guys were in high school. Do you remember what you were thinking of doing athletically as a high school freshman? Um, Me, as a high school freshman, I was just kind of trying to follow in my older brother's footsteps. So he was, was, uh, I guess, attending Wachita Baptist at that time, which is a Division II uh, baseball program. in um, Arkansas and I was just kind of trying to be like him I didn't really know what uh, what the future would be like as far as where I would end up but I mean the idea of getting to play baseball in college sounded like something that I wanted to do and uh, that's kind of just that's kind of where I wanted to end up now that was Barrett and Barrett I believe you played uh, at least one other sport while you were in high school is that correct 
I did. I, I used to play some basketball back in the day. Back uh, back when I was younger, I could I could hoop a little bit. Uh, the jump shot wasn't always there, but I could I could jump a little bit. And I, I was I was good at dunking the ball. Not not always shooting it, but I was good at dunking. I love it. Very good. All right. So so baseball was out of the forefront of your mind. Uh, How about you? I mean, man, my. My older brother got cut his freshman or sophomore year in high school, so his his path wasn't as great as Barrett's older brother. But um, my freshman year of high school, man, I just uh, I just wanted to play. I mean, I, I wasn't concerned about my future at all. All I knew is that I I liked baseball. I really wanted to play baseball. It was it was what I felt like I was best at. And um, I mean, back then you don't really think about like, man, what is this going to turn into? You just think of. I like playing this right now and I really want to, I just don't want to do anything else. Um, so that's sort of what, what it was. Um, my, when I was in high school and especially early days in high school, you, I'm just trying to fight for a spot on the junior varsity team. Um, before while well, I was, I mean, a five, three, five, two freshman, you know, I wasn't exactly a big kid ready to you know, wreak havoc on the high school scene. But, uh, I mean, especially, I think most freshmen in high school, they, they don't really care about anything except get and see the field. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Kevin, did you play other sports as well? Uh, I play recreational soccer. I, I, I was, I, uh, I had to make the choice because the, the soccer and baseball season conflicted and it really wasn't much of a choice for me. I, I was, I was already a baseball player, but, uh, I mean, you catch me on the field sometimes. I still, I'll still put a nice touch on that ball. <laughs> oh man. Well, and the other thing I'd like our listeners to know is you guys are kind of on two opposite ends of the the size spectrum, right? And and what's really cool is is that I mean, Kevin, you said you were a five, you know, five three freshman. And Barrett, I mean, when you were a freshman, I'm guessing you were probably five nine or five ten. Maybe. Yes, sir. That's 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 probably about right. Right. And and today, um, Kevin, give give kind of your metrics and, and Barrett, give your metrics. I mean, well, right now I'm standing about 5'10", 180 pounds. Um, and uh, I go to the doctor every year for my physical and I ask them, when am I going to be 6'3"? And they say never. <laughs> so I usually I they say I'm done is what they say. Hypothetic. I, I'm supposedly done. Hey, you done can always get heavier. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can always get heavier. That's what I tell. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be six three going the horizontal way, son. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barrett. But what, where do you stand today? I'm I'm about six two, uh, about two hundred pounds, roughly, uh, give or take. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I could I guess still be growing a little. Lean bit. speed dad, machine, right? Exactly. Exactly. Can't get can't get too big. Trying to trying to find the the medium of of still being able to run fast and then kind of having power too. So it's it's a happy medium for sure. Well, see, and that that's the beautiful thing about baseball. Here you guys are. You're you're you know, you're freshmen in high school. Completely different size scales and, and strength scales, but you both had the same dream, and you both ended up at the same place to play junior college baseball, and you're both still playing, which is awesome. And that that's a testament to your skill and your desire and your ability to play the game and you know you can be you can be small you can be big but you still got to play yes sir for yeah, sure exactly right it's it's a beautiful sport when that when that when you see that kind of stuff happen it is well let's so let's go let's stay in the high school days for a little bit and kevin we'll start with you give us some of the highlights uh from your high school days playing baseball oh man it was awesome um i mean the highlights just i mean when i was a freshman um our uh, our seniors, we had a couple kids. Like to me, the, there was a couple kids going to San Jose State, and to me, that felt like they were 
like those guys were MLB prospects. I mean, like they, they felt like they were on the moon. So, I mean, the, the highlights for me are, I mean, going, going to watch the varsity games when I was just a junior, junior varsity, you know, like second string player. And, um, starting early watching like one of our seniors, um, throw like a no hitter. And that, I mean, I just, I fell in love with, with my school watching all like finally having some kind of purpose with, with the sport, watching like people show up just as fans, not as players or families. Um, and then fast forward to, you know, my junior year and I'm like, I'm the leadoff hitter, the, the starting second baseman. And, um, and I get to be that guy. Um, I mean, that's, it's really, the, that was kind of what like makes you fall in love with the game, you know, playing it, not just because your parents want you to, but because you, you want to, and you love it and everyone's out there to watch you. And I guess some of the highlights, um, I mean, having like a four hit day in front of whatever, 300 of my friends in front of like in front of hundreds of people. Um, I guess we didn't have thousands back then, but it was just hundreds. Um, and that was, I mean, it felt like it was, 36,000 at Oracle park, you know? Um, so that's so fun. Love it. Thanks for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and yeah, those are, those are special memories. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's why it's so good to play high school sports. A lot of fun. Barrett, how about you? Yeah, my, my high school experience was, it was pretty awesome. Um, my sophomore year, we brought in our new, our new coach, Barry Rose, who came from Frisco. Um, and I didn't really know how to feel about that at first. You know, it was kind of like I'd developed a pretty good relationship with the coaches before. And then we bring in this new guy and I was kind of like, you know, maybe this will go good. And, uh, it was honestly probably the best thing that could have happened. I, I loved coach Rose. He was, uh, he was an awesome dude um awesome coach so after coach rose came to the program he kind of i feel like he started changing the culture and everything around rockwall and um my sophomore year we went to the fourth round um of the playoffs which we the team we had my sophomore year it was like it was like a full reload of players like we pretty much lost everybody in the senior class from the year before and uh nobody really expected much out of us and uh we ended up going to the fourth round and playing um cypress ranch where uh at the time they had two pitchers who uh, one went in the first round of the MLB draft and the next one was, I believe the first pick of the second round. Uh, so as a, I as remember a, those guys, I remember those guys. I went yeah. to, went to their local games in Houston. Yeah. As it was a, uh, it was a big, big wake up call as a sophomore. Um, being you know 16 years old you go from seeing you know low 80s probably is you know that's pretty good speed from to 96 98 back-to-back nights and that'll uh that'll wake you up pretty quick um <laughs> but that's that's where our playoff run ended and uh then my senior year we had another we had another really really good um really good team full of a, a bunch of guys who are honestly i mean there's a bunch of juco guys like juco and i mean no like crazy big names the big name commits or anything like that it was just kind of a scrappy team uh with a really good really good culture and we ended up we made it to the fifth round uh, and we lost to our crosstown rival but um as far as like high school highlights that that series playing the fifth round uh we played at um dallas baptist and i want to say we sold it was like 
5,000 or like 6,000 people were at the game. It was something crazy. Um, and it was just, it was such a good experience and it was, it was pretty awesome. That is awesome. And, and, and Dallas Baptist has an amazing field. It's uh, it's just a beautiful setting and um, to make a run, in the the Texas State, and I don't know if you were playing five A, but you were playing six A. You were Texas six A, so yes. playing Texas six A baseball, making it that deep in the playoffs—that's quite an accomplishment. Your team was really good. <laughs> yes, sir. It was it was fun to be a part of. Well, so um, you know, you guys are in high school. You've got this objective to try and play after high school. Were there any specific things you did while you were in school? that gave you an edge or an advantage over other high school baseball players when it came to success on the field and being recruited? Uh, I feel like for me, just, I mean, trying to outwork the people next to you, the people around you um, and surrounding yourself with people that are also going to kind of buy into that, that mentality. And I, I, I had two guys that we would, I mean, we would either hit before practice or stay, you know, hours after practice and just make sure that we were doing doing what other people weren't, I guess. And uh, it, it showed. I mean, we we were the guys that were in the lineup, and we were the guys that were, I mean, performing on the field. So if um, if you want to be that guy, then you, you really have to put the work in to do it. That's really well said. Really well said, Kevin. What could you add to that? Well, I think it's. I think from a from a real young age in high school, especially, I got the like perfect blueprint on how to be the next on how to be the guy from some from the sophomore uh, juniors and seniors Mm -hmm. where you can kind of tell like, okay, they do it right. They do it right. He doesn't do it right. And they're like, you can, I mean, it's easy to, I guess it's easy to fake your way through high school because you're not, maybe you're not facing the best talent or the best guys. Um, But I mean, that stuff goes away quick when you get past high school. And especially if you're going to play collegiate ball, I think um, a big, huge thing that I, I think gets overlooked is, is taking care of not only like your baseball, but you got to take care of grades. It's like the, it's one of the biggest things that I guess I didn't, I didn't realize it at the, maybe in, at, in high school as much as I should have. Um, I thought, you know, get mostly A's, get some B's, maybe a C every now and then. But I mean, the, the difference that, that straight A's versus a C can make, I saw, I mean, I've seen guys are catcher all throughout high school. Um, he had one of the, greatest arms greatest bats i've ever seen and he ended up with like a 2.1 gpa and he had he couldn't go anywhere he, he had no offers because and it was strictly for for his classroom business um and uh and so i got the blueprint pretty early in high school of what guys took like how to take care of business and what in order to get recruited like how how much extra work do you have to do and also take care of the classroom Man, that's that is that is a great ad, Kevin. Uh, academics plays a key role, and and uh, you know as we as we get to the discussion, once you guys get to Paris, that's a priority there. At, at Paris, your your GPA is equally as important to your performance on the field, and um, oh, yeah. you know that that continues. So, well said, and to to figure that out in high school puts you ahead of the curve. Right, I, I always felt like, especially at PJC. Um, coach Cox, that's a good testament to coach Cox too. And I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit, but, um, I mean, there's no one that'll hammer you harder about your grades than coach Cox. And it's, it's a, it's a great, he's like a great mentor when it comes to that stuff. Cause you'll learn pretty quick that you got to get it, get it done, get it right. 
Absolutely. All right. So, so most high school baseball players dream of playing big time D one baseball, right? That's, that's the dream. And and they never even give Juco a second thought. What was your mindsets when you were juniors in high school and thinking about playing college baseball? Uh, yeah, kind of going, I mean, going along the lines of what you said, everybody, everybody wants to go to the, the fancy D one and, uh, go somewhere cool. It looks cool on Twitter or whatever. Um, you want to go somewhere that you think, you know, makes you, makes you look, uh, good, I guess. And, um, then the whole COVID thing kind of happens out of nowhere and you're, you're kind of looking, you know, waiting for people to reach out. And then all of a sudden these people that you want to, you know, reach out to, you aren't really calling. And, uh, you're, you're thinking, you're starting to wonder if, if you really want to play baseball at that point. And, uh, you kind of have to adjust, uh, adjust your reality. And, um, but as far as, um, I mean, getting, getting to junior college, I think that was probably the best thing that I could have done. Um, looking back at it now and there's, I mean, I have a lot of dudes ask me, you know, who are still in high school, what they think um, they should do as far as their recruiting goes. And I, I try to steer them in the direction of junior college before, um, before going to that, that mid major or, you know, somewhere that they might not really see the field if they're kind of on the fence about it. Um, yeah. But I think, uh, I think going Juco ended up being a really good experience for me. And um, I think it's something that, that really should be, appreciated more um by guys at the younger age i think it's uh i think it's going to continue to grow and uh, i think it's going to continue to become a bigger part of the game yeah well said well said and let's let's dispel one myth and then kevin will shoot to you but one myth is that people go play juco baseball because they were bad students and didn't have good grades and that's just not true i I know both of you are excellent students and you could have gone anywhere you wanted academically (laughs) yeah Uh yeah Yeah, i uh i've actually seen some harder workers at juco than i've seen any other place in the world. Um, I know Barrett, Barrett can attest to this too. I mean, some of the guys that we had with us, um, Austin Testerman, for example, shout um, out <laughs> I mean, he's just, I mean, there's some people that I met at Juco that I don't think, I mean, he probably outworks circles around most division one players, if not like all of them, if we're going to uh, traveling back to my junior year also, um, I, uh, I was, this was 2019, my junior year. So, I mean, and I could kind of tell what my, so I finally hit my growth spurt right before junior year. And I was, I was whatever, five, eight, 150 pounds. So you must've felt and, huge. You must've felt huge. At, oh at yeah. That I, trust <laughs> me, I felt huge. There was, I was like, Oh, now there's no stopping me. Here comes today. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, whatever I had, I had a pretty good year that year. I think I was hitting in the mid threes. I was our leadoff guy, our, our spark plug kind of guy. Um, and, uh, even even though I, I knew I was doing well and I knew I was playing to the best of my ability, um, I I mean, there wasn't even a wink or a, a hint that I might go play baseball after high school that anybody wanted me. And I was doing all the showcases and stuff on the side, the, you know, show up and with whatever, all the coaches show up to this field and I'm just out there taking ground balls. I haven't I haven't talked to them, but I was just trying to take some ground balls and take good BP and hopefully they come talk to me. And, um, and yeah, I mean, my goal was to go division one, but it's easy to say, but it's such a hard plan to enact when, when you're not exactly the biggest guy on the field and you like, it's hard for you to turn heads. Um, and, uh, 
So, I mean, as a junior, I'm just really thinking, let's just keep playing baseball and eventually something will work out. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, without any sort of plan and any sort of way to, you know, get those guys attention, I, I, I really didn't know what, what was going to happen. And had I known really about Juco and that route, I might've planned for it a little earlier because um, I mean, as a junior in high school, I was trying to, trying to get those guys attention. And I mean, I had nothing. And then especially my senior year, having my supposedly my year, you know, this is the year everything goes right. And I do it. And six games in we're, we're bagged. <laughs> yeah. And things definitely took a turn. Yeah. That was a rough year for sure. And on so many fronts, baseball was one of them, but, but obviously very, very challenging year for everybody. So Kevin, you've got a pretty unique path, right? From high school, uh, you went to a post-grad Oh yeah, program. Yes, sir. And, and tell us about that. How you know? How did you end up there? And you and and the post grad program was in Texas. Oh yeah, yes, sir. Just right in Dallas, I believe. Um, yes, sir, McKinney. Um, and uh, that was a crazy transition. That was a that was a weird pivotal point in my life, and. I didn't make sense to me at the time. I mean, I, I knew what I was doing, but I was still um, a little scared and intimidated. That was a weird conversation because we're in the middle of COVID. It's 2020. And I know in Texas, it was a little looser. But I mean, in California, I mean, we couldn't even leave our house, let alone go to the store for five months. Um, wow. And uh, I mean, it was it was some insane stuff. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, it was it was it was scary. We didn't know what was going on. Um, and I mean, we, we were trying to figure out our lives. I was I'm, like everyone's trying to figure out what's like everyone's, you know, in California, they're they're all standing still. They're like, OK, let's pump the brakes on everything. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to play baseball again, am I? Um, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I was like, I was I'm, I can't get recruited. There's no there's no place for me to go. I was like, what do I do? Um, yeah, and at that and time, uh, nobody was even playing baseball. <laughs> I know no one's playing baseball. How like there's no chance I get recruited now. And so, I mean, everyone's trying to figure out their lives and baseball was my life. So I was like, I was like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. And, um, someone, and I remember seeing one of my friends, one of my best friends, he goes to TCU. He was like, Oh, they're starting on time. I was like, I still get to go to Texas. And I was like, and he said that. And I remember thinking, oh, Texas would probably be like the place to be. I'm sure they're going to play. They'd already announced that uh, <laughs> California schools weren't going to be uh, playing their season. And I was like, man, I was like, I can't. I was like, I can't just take a year off. I was like, that could be really like that could hurt me. So I was like, all right, let's go to Texas. And I started looking up opportunities in Texas, like how to play. I was like, do I, I was like, I don't want to like go to some division three in Texas or something like that. I was like, it's really late for me to try to recruit myself. And I remember I looked up like, um, someone, I think my coach had suggested a post-grad year and I was like, what's a post-grad year. And, um, I looked it up and it was, it opened up this whole new world. And I was like, well, this, this seems like the place. I mean, it's like, like the clouds parted. And I was like, this, this makes sense. I mean, well, it's a year. That's amazing. That doesn't, it doesn't eat a year of eligibility. And I can get better here. I can put on weight and we can, it, during this whole year, I can wait for the pandemic to sort of pass, die down. And I'm sure by the time I'm done, 
I'll have a place to play. I was like, this makes sense. I mean, it just, it, it totally made sense to me. That is really, really amazing, actually. And so you did it, right? You signed oh, up yeah, and you I, did it. It was no looking back. And so like, it goes from, I mean, 2020 knowing, <laughs> man, 2020 was such a crazy year, but I mean, I'm sitting in my California home with my family for six months. We're like, driving each other crazy. And I, I was like, I, I, I found a place to play. And I was like, I, I didn't care. I mean, um, where it was, I was just like, I get to play baseball again. So it's it sort of, it sort of made me appreciate the game a lot more than I think I had before. Um, I mean, when you're going down to Texas and I drove down there and I mean, this was first time in New Mexico, first time in Texas and I'm driving down here and it's like, you can watch as everything flips backwards to what I've known. And like the mountains that I drove through in California and Arizona are gone and it's, it's flat and I'm in Amarillo, Texas. And <laughs> I mean, the first, it was a huge culture shock. I've never been a part of something like that where, I mean, every week or so I'd look around and be like, I'm in Texas. Yeah. Like I'm just in Texas. And like growing up in a pretty, pretty different part of the world in California. I mean, California, I'm in, yeah, I'm Marin, in Bay Area, California, Marin which County, is, which is about as beautiful as it gets. I mean, I mean, site wise, it's completely different people wise, political wise. I mean, it was pretty, it was a pretty big flip. Um, so I mean, Man, it so, was, all right. It so, so, so let's fast forward here now. So now you're at post-grad. Oh yeah. Right. How, how did that go? And how did you end up at, at Paris junior college the next year? Well, that's also pretty cool. Um, that, that the way that happened, the way it did. Um, so in the fall, I show up to, uh, TCS and, um, immediately I get, we, I, I mean, I'm there. For, I call I called it my business trip and my original plan. I told my parents, I said, I'm going to wait for this year to pass or wait for the wait for COVID to pass. And I'm going to come home. And I was like, I'll live at home. It'll be cheap. Um, I never planned on staying in Texas. In fact, I, I came in with the mindset that I, that I wasn't going to like Texas and I probably was going to leave as soon as I could. Um, and, a lot of uh, Californians feel that way. A lot of California. And you know what? Texans feel that way about Californians. Let's be honest. So, um, I, I'm in, so I'm at TCS and we're fine. I earned the starting shortstop spot, which was awesome. And I love our, I love my coach, Jeff Robinson. I mean, I, I, I still keep in touch with him and, uh, we, uh, we went, <laughs> this was a, this, this was the toughest part about TCS is we went one and 25 and that one came real late. So we were for a while, we were zero and 20, zero and 21, zero and 22. Um, and that was, oh man, that was tough. But, um, and you're right, playing, just, you're playing junior college teams. Oh, we're playing junior college teams. We're playing some NAIAs. We're playing, I mean, we're playing junior college teams and they're pretty good. And one of the, one of the teams on our, on our uh, schedule was Paris junior college. And, um, that's where I met coach Cox and a bunch of guys that I ended up playing with. Um, the first time I, I mean, the first time I showed up to Paris, I was playing them. Um, and they kicked our butts over and over. And um, somehow throughout the year, um, whether I mean, I they were the team I ended up dominating. I couldn't get out against them. I couldn't make an error. I was fielding the crap out of the ball. Um, this I mean, Paris Junior College just happened to be the team that I, I ended up killing. Them. But I mean, regardless of how well I did, we ended up losing by 12, 15 runs at times. Um, but uh 
I remember the first time we played them, I think they beat us by about 18 runs. And I went three for three and made like seven plays in the field. And Coach Cox gives me a call after the game talking about how much he he liked my my play and how I field the ball and how I go about my business. And um, I was so happy. I was so happy to get out of TCS. Coming going from a one and twenty five situation to Paris Junior College, where I knew they kicked butt because they kicked mine. Uh, <laughs> that, that was that, that was awesome. kind of the, the best situation at the time. That is awesome. So how so from the first time you. you you played at Paris, you know, how long was it, you know, before you kind of knew you were going to Paris? Um, let's see. So I was always, I, I had heard they, coach Cox had reached out to me. Um, and I, I was thinking, well, this is to be a great place to play. But if I commit here, that means I'm staying in Texas for another two years. And I was like, I was like, this is completely different than my plan. I had, I'm not going to be able to see my family, not going to be able to live at home. But uh, I think it was another probably about we played them for the first time in February and I probably committed around late March. So it was a good month and a half of sitting on it. Um, but I mean, Coach Cox didn't offer me until till early March because we had played him for a second time and I had done pretty well again. Um, but uh, yeah. it was complete. I mean, I called my parents. I was like, my, I also will say this about the TCS guys is the coaching staff really had my back and they were like, they, they knew coach Cox and they knew the Paris program. And they said, they told me, they were like, Kevin, this is a place that'll get you where you want to go. They're like, this is, this is a great spot. Coach Cox doesn't over recruit like some places do. They were like, you'll see the field, you'll play. Like, this is a place that you probably want to go. And, and, uh, they stopped. They, they were like, if you want, if you want to go somewhere else, we'll help you. We'll help recruit you. But he said, but you got an offer to go play baseball, division one Juco baseball at a pretty good program that I think you'll, you'll do well at. They were like, we think you should go there. And so they were kind of pushing me towards Paris. And, uh, a month later I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I took a visit. It didn't blow me away, but it was, it was enough. I mean, I, I could get the taste of what, what was about to happen. So I was like, I, I think this is the place for me. What a cool story. That is awesome. That is awesome. I've got, I've got the hairs of my arms are standing up. That is really, really awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, okay, cool. Barrett. Absolutely. We got to, we got to switch over to you now. Now, uh, how'd you end up in Paris? What was, what was the process? Yeah. So mine's, uh, I guess mine's not as crazy as the old, the Kevin Shea story over here, <laughs> the, the, the country traveler. But, uh, uh, mine was, um, it was pretty, I guess, um, basic as far as just the regular recruiting goes. I was, um, I, the whole COVID thing happened my junior year. So it was, um, I'd been talking to some mid majors and stuff like that, but, uh, all I really had was like some walk-ons to those places. And then I had a walk-on to another junior college and it was, um, then it was, I had an offer from Paris and, uh, my senior year, I was just kind of like, I mean, I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point. Uh, I thought I'd be in a different spot at that time. Um, and I mean, I had really good conversations with coach Cox. Uh, and it was the way, the way he, the way he talked about, uh, the environment at Paris and, and kind of getting an idea of, um, what it would be like there and kind of the camaraderie of the team. Uh, it sounded like a place that I, I would really enjoy. And, um, uh, probably be a place that I would end up playing at. And, um, once I, uh, once I kind of weighed the decision down, I, I figured it'd, it'd be smarter 
to go a place that has given me an offer that that actually wants me opposed to somebody that's trying to you know get me to walk on and just I guess take a chance on me um and I really felt like it was the place for me and uh the fall of my senior year I decided to commit to Paris and uh kind of get the monkey off the back and uh that way I could just play play my senior year without having to worry about any uh any sort of recruitment or anything like that um and uh that i feel like it was i mean it's it's paid off for me in the long run and i'm i'm really happy that's that's where i ended up and i i got to meet some cool dudes too uh paris is an awesome place so it was uh it's been good for me yeah we're gonna we're gonna dive into that and and uh, your your process obviously was much more traditional but what a mature decision you made um to not go as we talked about that glamorous you know d1 you know maybe you play maybe you don't but it looks great on twitter and uh you know and and you talked about the culture at paris and that's very true but it's a grind gritty dirtbag culture work hard outwork everybody and when we say work hard i mean the workouts at paris are intense and we'll get into that a little bit but but it's not for the for the weak-minded or the faint of heart you got to want to be there and that was a very mature decision to uh that you made to to make that move yeah over the other options you had I really, I really try to encourage like a lot of guys. I mean, I have a little brother who's still in high school, uh, and um, I know a lot of his friends. And I really try to encourage dudes to, I mean, really consider junior college before trying to play at some place that maybe that wouldn't be a good fit for them at that time. And um, I, I, like I said, I think it's it's a really good experience and it's an opportunity to play and be in the lineup on the field every day and uh, give yourself a chance to be seen by by other people. It, it is. And we'll do a quick aside here because, you know, one of the observations I had, I got to watch you guys play a lot in the fall and the spring. And in the spring, I think you played in excess of 55, maybe 57 games. And I think I probably saw 50 of them. And, uh, you know, the, the big deal is, I mean, in Juco, as a hitter, you face really quality pitching and, and, you know, I mean, they're all throwing in the nineties. That's that, but that wasn't the big deal. You guys can all hit that. It's the off speed stuff that I saw in Juco pitchers. That was amazing. You know, sliders, fork balls, change-ups, everything with wicked movement and changing speeds. And that's, that's where, you know, someone going from high school to Juco, they really elevate their, their ability as a hitter. And you almost become a professional hitter. If you have success in Juco hitting, that translates to D1 baseball very, very well. You guys comment on that. Am I, did I hit the mark? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It does. And I think, uh, kind of going back to the whole, the whole COVID thing that happened, I really think that, um, kind of, kind of helped, um, stack the Juco rosters. I mean, there are a lot of guys who I think fell through the cracks, um, at places where maybe they, they probably could have been at and, uh, they ended up going Juco, not getting seen, um, during that whole COVID COVID year. And, um, I think it really, really loaded up the junior college rosters and brought the talent levels to, I mean, uh, an all time high in my personal opinion. I think it was pretty, I mean, we played against some really good dudes, um, and everything it's 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 insane how how much talent is actually in the juco level yeah there'd be times where we we i mean we'd be lacing up to go face you know a double header where we'd be facing some sort of couple power five commits with like i mean this is the first time i'd seen like a true three pitch mix out of a guy that where he could throw all three for strikes command it um 
and and it's you're facing guys and you know they're going to compete at the next level and it's just like well it's it, they leave no doubt so it's like you get a real feel for where you're at too you're like well i mean i can compete with these guys you know and maybe maybe that shows where i'm at these days um and it's 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 a great test of testament to you know who's who's really put in the work and and since we're all in juco you know it's all a grind we're all facing a similar grind and uh and without any of the recognition that the D1 guys get, it's just, it's a real testament to just, you know, who wants it the most. Well said, right on, right on. Okay. We're going to, we're going to dive in to your specific experiences at PJC playing baseball. But before we dive in, I want to put some framework into this conversation about the success associated with the program. And, you know, you both played two years for Paris junior college under the guidance of head coach Clay Cox Uh, in 2022, the team won the conference championship, which was a first in a, in a long time. And then in 2023, this past spring, the team had another record year, including the following accomplishments, regional champions program record of 41 wins back-to-back seasons of 30 plus wins. You were ranked number 20 in the top 20 NGCA D1 national ranking. You had eight all-conference selections of players on the team. You had three all-region selections, and the team set a record GPA that was in excess of, of 3.8. So absolutely incredible, incredible, impressive stuff in considering that there are 221 NGCAA JUCO D1 baseball teams, ranked 20 out of 221. That is impressive. It's pretty cool. Have you guys thought about that? I remember the day that those rankings came out. Um, I mean, we were coming off our regional win and we were, we'd always talked about when are they going to rank Paris? When are we going to rank Paris? We always felt like we could beat up on any team. We always felt confident, like, like we can take on any team. Um, and, uh, I had never been part of a rank. I had never been a part of a ranked team. I'd never been on a ranked team. Um, I always felt like there was some bias there and I was always kind of mad towards those who did the rankings, but, uh, to finally get ranked right before I graduated was, um, everyone felt pretty sweet, really felt like we had validated ourselves and we had proved like just some weird out of the sticks, Paris, Texas team could get ranked. You know, it felt pretty good. Yeah. That was fair. How about you? That was that was a pretty cool day in all in Paris, Texas. Uh, we, I mean, we we worked so hard, especially. I mean, Dayton the year before, um, me and Kevin's freshman year. Uh, it, there was so much hard work that goes into it, and there's so many dudes before you that kind of lay the uh, lay the groundwork to get you to where you're going, and uh, to to finally get that recognition. I know it was big for us, but I know there's also a lot of guys uh, who have been through the program in the years past that were, I mean, just as happy about it as we were. And uh, it was it was nice to get that recognition, and um, it was a testament to all the work we we're putting in. And um, uh, after that after that regional tournament. I feel like we we left no doubt that we were um, we belong, and um, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. Well, 
I got to tell you, watching PJC play baseball, it's a fun brand of baseball, right? It's truly team baseball, doing all the small things, getting on base, taking the extra bag, hustle doubles, you know, laying bunts down, hitting home runs. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of fun getting hit by pitches, right? It's old school baseball at its best. And I just love it. It's that traditional, uh, traditional nose to the grindstone baseball. It's, it's fun to play. It's uh, fun to be a yeah, part of that. I mean, it starts day one. Um, for real. Uh, I think coach, I mean, coach Cox is, I mean, he tells you from day one, like we're going to do the little things correctly. And he's like, we, yeah, we'll hit some home runs. But I mean, there's the, there's going to be times where the wind blows in and you're going to have to find a way to win a ball game. So unless you're, unless you're, <laughs> just gap to gap stroking the ball all day and it's your day to hit you're gonna need to find ways to you know lay a bunt down steal second steal a third and sack fly him home or something like that um and uh i think that's sort of the mentality that we have of you know when things aren't going our way maybe we don't have the bats that day how are we gonna win and um if you can find a way to turn your bad offensive days into a six seven run performance you'll find ways to win games you shouldn't and i think that's part of the reason why we we've had success is because i mean before every single game we're laying bunts down three hours before first pitch um and before every round of bp or before our rounds of bp we're laying more bunts down um i think you'll see a bunt out of our i mean our three hole ethan Guerra, he probably laid down more bunts than anybody on our team um and I mean, how often are you going to see a three hole at a juke at a division one juco lay down that many bunts? It's just, yeah, it's a different brand of baseball. And I think it, it starts early. It's the kind of baseball that coach Cox preaches. And it's part of the reason why we won so many games. Well, and, and Kevin, to that point, I mean, if anybody, if you have, if you're curious, just have a little bit of curiosity. D D one and and the NGCAA does a great job tracking statistics and you can look at team statistics and where it's ranked. Just, just go to the NGCAA D one baseball website and look up the, the Paris team offensive stats from 2023 and do a compare. They're in the, in the top 10 of every ranking nationally from an offensive stat. And uh, it's just crazy, but it stems from coach Cox's philosophy of playing baseball. I just described it. Right. Right. You wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't expect it looking at us. Um, I mean, you see, uh, you see, none of our guys are big meatheads or anything like that, but I mean, you wouldn't, you'd look at us up and down you wouldn't see it. You wouldn't get it. And then you'd watch us play. And I, and I guess you'd watch some of our, our hitters. Um, and I mean, you'd watch backside single, you know, ball down the line, sack bunt, sack fly, bam, that's two runs right there or whatever it is. And, and you're like, okay, I kind of get it now. You know, you, you, it's not, it's not, we're just, we're not hitting home runs one through nine, but we're, we're finding ways to get on. And once we get on, we re, I mean, the goal is to wreak havoc, stir up some chaos. And, uh, I think that's sort of, I mean, you can watch those numbers. Our numbers back it up as, is, is we find ways to get hits when we shouldn't. And we find ways to score runs when we shouldn't against pitchers that should on paper be better than us. It's, it's a beautiful philosophy. It's, it's right. Pressure bursts pipes and you constantly are putting pressure on the defense and on the pitcher. That's exactly right. Love it. All right. So uh, Paris has a reputation for making tough baseball players tougher. And, you know, I know for a fact, coach Cox does not recruit cream puff poser baseball players. He wants <laughs> dirt bags, right? He wants guys that are grinding it out and really want it. Um, the PJC guys are grinders that never give up 
are in the game until the final outs made. Where does that toughness come from at Paris? How does Coach Cox establish that mindset in his players? And I, I feel like it comes from this, the second you step on campus, you're held to a higher standard uh, than anybody anybody else there and uh, probably a higher standard than you've ever been held to before. Uh, I mean, you're, JUCOs, uh, especially in Paris, it's not it's not just the prettiest lifestyle. Uh, you're working on the field almost every day. You're, I mean, in the weight room almost every day. Uh, four, I mean, four hours on the field doing work and practicing, whatever it may be, and then you're doing your extra work and stuff like that. Uh, it's You kind of have to buy into that mentality of uh being being a grinder and um it's uh once you buy into it it's it's a good feeling almost you kind of embrace the idea of uh being being grittier than the people around you and and these other teams you're playing against but uh coach cox he does a really good job of instilling that mentality and uh it's it's really cool to see how much you grow not um not even as much as a player but as a person uh, you, you really kind of grow up and, and become a, a good a good human being. And that, that's what's absolutely most critical in all of this, right? The baseball is awesome, but be a good human first. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Coach Cox. Um, I mean, first of all, it's what you sign up for. You when you when you commit to to a place like Paris, you, I mean, you, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. And Coach Cox, he'll tell you. He always says this. He says, I, I can't guarantee you'll go play Division One baseball after here, even though at Paris you have a statistically just as likely chance as anywhere else in the country. He says he can guarantee us two things. He says he can guarantee that we'll be tougher and we'll appreciate the little things more. And I didn't get that really until uh, until I really got to Paris and I really experienced it. And I mean, I mean, it makes you grow. It makes it really does make you appreciate the little things more. You're like, man, like this shower has a curtain. You're like, wow, uh, all the little things. I'm like, man, like I, I don't have to be around a bunch of other guys when I go to the bathroom. It's it's a lot. It's a, it's a bunch of little things like that where you know it's 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 a junior college. I mean, you it forces you to grind and and really really work for everything you get and so when you do go out to you know your new places or when i get now that i'm up in canada i really i mean i appreciate everything <laughs> like knowing that that it, i mean paris has has really made me earn everything i have really well said really well said and i know exactly what you're talking about those bathrooms <laughs> but you know what those are memories for a lifetime and you're going to be a better man because of it that's the truth. That's the truth. Oh, uh, so so guys, JUCO baseball is generally very, very different from high school baseball, and it's so many ways. You got nine inning games instead of seven. Mm-hmm. You've got intense fall training that is probably more baseball, more training you've ever done in your life. Just happens in the fall. Uh, then you've got a spring regular season of fifty plus games. You've got effectively unlimited team practice and training, long road trips, top level competition. What was the transition like for each of you guys moving from high school to JUCO? Uh, it was it was definitely a big, uh, big jump, um, especially going from from Rockwall, Texas to Paris, Texas. It was, it was completely different, a uh, different way of life, a lot, a lot slower uh, in Paris. But um, it's it's 
a lot higher level of baseball. Um, you're you're playing against dudes. Every every guy there was was their guy at their high school, and um, you're playing against people that are just as talented as you, just as good as you, and you have to find ways to beat those guys. And uh, it, it comes from how much harder you have to work. Um, you you learn that doing the bare minimum or what you thought was good enough isn't isn't good enough anymore and uh you kind of have to take yourself to that next level and um find new ways to make yourself grow uh make your game grow and and figure out what you have to do to to put yourself on the field and make sure you're exceeding while you're out there mm-hmm. well said. he's got a good point um i think for me it was a lot more physical um because coming off, you know, you play in high school. What is it? It's like two, se- two, three, seven game or se- seven inning games a week. Um, and then at Paris, for the first time ever, I mean, we'd go in the fall ball. Fall ball. I mean, you're going sixteen innings straight, um, whether it be eight and eight or seven and nine. And uh, I mean, the, it really. I mean, it puts a <laughs> put some pressure on your body. And I think you feel some new aches and pains that you don't usually feel. And, uh, that's, that was a big adjustment, uh, really finding a way to push yourself. Cause I mean, you're trying to win every single game in Juco, obviously just like every other place, but, uh, f- finishing the seven and, you know, meeting in the clubhouse afterwards, just trying to catch your breath and, and then going back out for nine more. I mean, that's a different, I mean, that's mentally taxing and it's physically taxing. And, um, I know Barrett can, can attest to it. Um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a different kind of pain and, and push yourself through, you know, it's, it's, it's a great pain. It's fun. I mean, you do it again if I, if I had the opportunity, but, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different kind of grind than high school. It, it is very physically demanding kind of going to what Kevin was saying there about in between. I mean, you're on a, you have 16 innings a day and you're in a, the middle of your double header sitting in the middle of the clubhouse when it's a hundred degrees outside and you're just you feel like you're about dead and you're wondering how am I about to go play nine more innings? And (laughs) it's, it's mentally and physically so demanding. And if if you're not, if you're not putting in, in the work and actually being pushed to that limit, whenever you're not on the field, then when you actually get onto the field, you're not going to be able to handle it. You don't stand a chance. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's why we work so hard in the fall. And why we work so hard when we show up, and it's gonna be hot when you show up in Paris, Texas. It's it's still summertime, and Coach Cox knows that, and he pushes you, and he's he. I mean, there will be times in the fall where you're pushed to the breaking to your breaking point, and to where you don't think you can go much further, and uh, and then when you when you're in the spring, and some and some teams dead tired after a seven inning dogfight and you still find some energy to put together a nine inning win, that's where it like makes all the difference. And you're like, well, this is why we ran all those dirty doubles in the fall. And this is why we pushed ourselves so hard in the big loop and a bunch of different exercises and stuff. This is why we, we pushed ourselves through that because now we have the energy. We, we know how to combat this feeling. We can play with our heart rates up. We can play well. Um, I love it. Tired. And so I love it. The, the separation comes in and, and you find ways to win those games when maybe the team was better than you that day, but you know, you you rallied the troops and you, you fought through the pains and the, the tiredness. I love it. And, you know, and, and uh, not everybody that's listening to this may be aware, you know, they're in D1 baseball, there's limitations on when they can practice and how long and, and how many games they're allowed to play. And really in JUCO, there aren't 
any of those same rules. And, and so just to put in perspective, right. I think in the fall, you know, you, you're going to get about a hundred at bats as a Juco player. And then in the spring, you know, you're going to, if you're a starter, you're going to get 200 or more at bats in the spring. So in one year, 300 at bats against top level pitchers, where else can you get that? There's, there's nowhere else like it. It's, it's awesome. That's, and that's why I try to tell guys to come play. You're going to get the opportunity. I mean, there's, there's so many games, so many innings, like it's, it's so hard not to, I mean, find a way onto the field or at least get a chance. And I think that's, that's one of the beautiful things about junior college baseball. Yeah. I mean, there's no faking it. I mean, you can't, you can't get on a 300 game hot streak. You're, you, you really find, I mean, it's, it's going to show you how much you've worked and how much you, you've trained. So, uh, I mean, you don't find a place like that in a, in a lot of other places. That's why, I mean, Juco is such a special experience. And I mean, I recommend it to all the guys that, that I know. And from my high school, when I talk to them, they don't have a place to go or they, they want to grow. They want to get bigger. I tell them, I said, bet on yourself here. I was like, I, I've rarely seen guys go to Juco and get worse. I mean, it's it's a you got to bet on yourself and trust that, you know, you put the work in for two years, you're going to up your stock. You're going to be worth more to a team. And uh, and they, I think it's I mean, it's a great move. If you're if you're not the guy out of high school and you don't have a place to go or even if you do, you know, I mean, go put in the work for two years and see what happens. You can probably I mean, I guarantee I almost guarantee you'll up your draft star or your 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 player star. Yeah. Yeah. The only, the only key requirement is you got to have some talent, right? You got to be good at the game and you absolutely have to have that Shit. dog in you. You've, you've got to, mm-hmm. right? Because otherwise, otherwise you just, you just won't make it. You got to, you got to, you got to be tough. Doggy dog world sometimes. It is. All right, guys. So yeah, what are, what are some of the, some of the things, the experiences, the memories that you're going to take away from your Juco experience now that you're both done playing at PJC? I, I think the big thing for me is just, I'll never forget the guys that, that I go through it with. I mean, um, I, I mean, there there were days there where, I mean, it felt like, I mean, I was isolated. I, I couldn't go sleep. And no matter what happened at Paris, I mean, just days where I was beat down mentally where, I, I mean, I can't go home. I can't sleep in my own bed. Can't see my family. And so, like, what do you do when when you're mentally weak and, and this place is just beating you down? It feels like the whole world's against you. I mean, the memories that I make are with, with the guys I'm doing it with. And it's just like. I mean, when, when finally I, the day's done and I, and I get to go recover and, I, and I'm beat, um, I mean, having, having Barrett and Ryan and, and even Jack, like Jackson and, and all the, all the guys that I'm with, you know, just, the the guys that are really like my brothers. I mean, they see me at my lowest of lows. And so that's why I love when they're there at my highest of highs. Um, those are the Juco memories. I mean, that, that. I'll never forget the days where, you know, I messed up and I, I was the guy getting punished and I was the guy, you know, sweating all over the field and, and it was my turn to, you know, paying some dues, um, having, ha- being able to go back to Hatcher Hall and, and, and hang out with the guys. I mean, that, that, that was worth more to me than any baseball game. I mean, it, I mean, truly it, it creates bonds that you don't, you don't see very many places. I mean, cause Juco can break you down. Um, so yeah, to that's, be able to, that's, uh, Kevin, that's really well stated. You guys are, I mean, these guys you played with, you went to war with them. You were, at, oh yeah. I, you know, we were ba- I mean, I call it baseball boot camp. You were, you were in it together and you're going to be friends for life. Seriously. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, Barrett, yeah. How, Barrett, how about you? 
Yeah, um, kind of going off what Kevin said, uh, the relationships you build, uh, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that you're going to get to take away from junior college. Uh, it's especially in Paris, Texas, it's, there's nothing else like it. And I feel like some of the stories that I have, they're the only people that can relate to them are from Paris, Texas and, and played on that baseball team. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Um, I've, it was an awesome experience. Uh, looking back at all the memories and stuff, it was it was so fun. Uh, if I could do it all over again, I would. Uh, even even some of the bad parts, I guess. It's but uh, uh, it was um, it's it's a special thing, and it's a special thing to be a part of. And um, to have the success we had too, uh, along with the brotherhood of it all, uh, you, you don't really you don't always get both sides of it. And uh, to to have the success and and all the good times and the memories with these guys, it was a uh, it was an awesome experience. Yeah, that's uh, it's that's awesome to hear you guys say that, and you know, uh, you know, one of those famous quotes well that which does not kill you makes you stronger and you know you two are both a testament that going through i mean you're you're way stronger as men as individuals now graduating you know with your associate's degree from paris junior college Mm -hmm. than you were when you entered and you know the truth is baseball is going to end at some point in time it does for everybody it might be at you know 44 it might be at 21 it might be at 18 you don't know but but with you guys um those friendships you've made at paris with your teammates over the years will be friendships that will last a lifetime and it will go way beyond your baseball playing days and that is really really cool oh yeah Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome i always i always told coach cox if if paris was a four-year college i'd stay i'd stay for all four years if i could uh with (laughs) with all the guys that i've met there i mean the dudes from this past year the dudes from the year before it's it's such a cool experience it's probably one of the hardest things about juco is that you know i these guys are are like my brothers and you know i i've fought battles with them and and we've been through highs and lows together and we only get to be together for a year i mean i know him for nine months yeah Um, and it's i mean yeah barrett and i've been together for more i mean i've been with barrett for the past two years more than (laughs) i haven't been with him so uh there's that, but I mean, it's at the very end of the day, it's two years. And, and, uh, you know, I, there's some guys that who I love to death where I don't know when the next time I'm going to see him. I mean, we're three States apart. So it's the toughest part about Juco. But again, if, if it was four years, I, I would stay four years with Barrett and, and the boys. That's but, awesome to hear. And you know, Hey, that's the beautiful thing about today's world is you are able to stay connected in so many ways and, and keep those mm-hmm. friendships going, right? Social media, phone calls, FaceTimes, following each other's baseball careers. I mean, it's a cool thing. And, and I know it's hard to believe, but someday you guys are going to get married and have kids and you're going to be, you know, going to each other's weddings and, you know, being, you know, visited, you know, birthdays for kids and all kinds of fun stuff. You just, you never know, man. There's so much more ahead of both of you. It's going to be fun to watch. The good thing that keeps me coming back is I know I will see him again. You know, that's, that's always nice is that we will have weddings and stuff in the future and reunions and I'll see him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've talked a lot about, um, you know, Paris and the way you guys, you know, play ball and the approach. And I'd like to guys just give some insight on, on just what it was like to play in that system, right? What, you know, your mindset, your approach, 
coming out of high school, you get to Paris. I mean, are you a different player now? What, what, what does that mean for you as you're, you're, you're moving on in your baseball career beyond Paris? Um, you know, what are you taking away from playing at Paris as a baseball player? Yeah, I think, uh, I think one of the good things that coach Cox does at Paris junior colleges is that he doesn't try to change you, um, from like what your, uh, what your style of play is. I mean, he's going to help you and he's going to further develop you, but he's not going to make you something you aren't. And, um, to to be able to go into a place where you're getting the opportunity to play and you're getting to play uh, to your advantages and you're not trying to you don't have some guy trying to make you hit home runs or whatever it might be uh, it's it's a good experience and I feel like uh, it helps it helps you become better in areas that you're you're pretty good at but you kind of takes you to that next level and uh and then coach cox does a good job of making sure that you um i mean you find a way to to get rid of your weaknesses and um he's it, it was it was an awesome experience and i think i think playing i grow or i grew more as a player in the past two years than i had in probably my whole life and you meet so many new people and they tell you so many new things and you kind of just pick up on all this new information that you didn't necessarily have before and uh it's it's pretty cool to see how much how much better you can get in that period of time very well said kevin yeah i think uh for the for the most part i came in to paris you know as a pretty confident player but not I couldn't take advantage of the best parts of my game because I didn't really know how to. And I, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, um, I think maybe it's at, at Paris, you know, Coach Cox being an infield guy, I mean, we worked on infield all the time and I was able to really develop my 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 defense while still being able to do my offensive, stay with my offensive approach. And, um, and a big thing that I think Coach Cox helps me realize is that you know, you can make so many mistakes in baseball. I mean, it's a game of mistakes and errors. Um, but the big thing that I think I realize is if you're going to make a mistake, you got to do it at a hundred miles an hour. I mean, you got to be going to like whatever, whatever you can, whatever you do with baseball, you just got to do it a hundred percent. And it's like, don't get, don't get timid. The second you get timid, you get run over in baseball. And I think coach Cox helped me realize that like, you're going to make so many mistakes going playing this game. And, um, and that's okay. The thing is you, you can't make mental, you should, you can't make mental mistakes and you can't make mistakes being timid. You got to be going a hundred percent all the time. And I think Paris has been a big place where I've really been able to get confident in all aspects of the game and just play, play my hardest baseball and be okay. If I mess up. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's what you're speaking to about your, your growth as an infielder. I mean, I saw you play shortstop. I saw you play second base and I saw you play a lot at the hot corner, third base and, and play all three incredibly well. So that versatility, right. Is going to serve you well as you continue to pursue baseball. Yes, sir. I, I, it was a weird transition. Um, I mean, I've been a middle infielder for as long as I play baseball and, uh, I mean, part of the game is being being able to adapt. And when we have Gammy who swings, I mean, Preston Gamster who swings the bat super well, and Ethan Guerra who swings the bat super well, and I said, hey, Coach Cox said, "Hey, I need a third baseman this year." I was like, "Hey, I can I can play third. I mean, it's still fielding the ball and throwing it." Yeah, so I was like, "I mean, you got to adapt." Yeah, I was, awesome. waiting, I was waiting on my chance to play third this year too, but never, <laughs> never got it. <laughs> Coach never well, threw me on Barrett, center either. So, Bear, pretty much in, in two years of baseball, and I saw you play this year uh i i think you're out there trying to protect the grass because i didn't see too many balls ever hit it 
when you were uh, roaming center field. Yeah, that was that was my job. It's I feel like it's a little easier on the grass and the dirt. So I'll probably I'll probably just stick to doing that. I, I like I like being out there. <laughs> well, you do it well. <laughs> Thank you. Now let's spin this around a little bit. And now that you you know hindsight's twenty twenty. So you're talking to a high school player who wants to play at the next level. What advice would both of you guys offer to that player? I think uh, if it's something you have to be serious about. It's not something that just gets, I mean, given to you. You have to, you have to earn it. And uh, I think um, developing the work ethic is the biggest part of it. Uh, I feel like I, I wish I would have done that at a younger age uh, that I really kind of started to buy into that. I feel like it probably would have helped me um, coming out of high school, but, um, the work ethic's a big part of it. And then just putting yourself out there, uh, is another thing. I mean, if you want to be seen, you gotta, you gotta do your best to make sure you are getting seen. And, uh, that means going, going to tournaments, going to, um, whatever showcase you can, I guess at the time, uh, putting film out, I mean, reaching out to coaches, I mean, doing whatever you can. Uh, to to make yourself be seen by these guys. Yeah, I think to piggyback off of that, um, I think it's it, any advice I give to my high school self or kids like me in high school is just just be grateful if you ever get to do play college baseball. I mean, so few guys get to, um, and uh, I think it's such a rare opportunity. And too many guys are always worried about what the next step is. They don't appreciate where they are. Um, and I think I did, I'm guilty of that too. Even a little bit of Paris, I was thinking about where am I going to be next? Cause some, some guys do treat it like a stepping stone, a little path to the next place. And, uh, I think if, if I just stopped and smelled the roses, took a second to appreciate where I am, I, I would be a lot, I, I would have been happy to do that, you know, really, really appreciate and be grateful. So I guess any advice I could give to a high school student is, you know, put yourself out there. Really make sure if you're trying to go play at the next place, are you in the best shape to do that? Are you, are you have you done everything you could? And then if you do get there, just just be grateful and realize that you're in a special opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great advice, guys. And, um, you know, disclaimer for my listeners is that my son Jackson plays at Paris Junior College and uh, just finished his freshman year there. And I don't know if you guys know this, but, um, you know, Coach Boone, who is the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator for Paris, found Jackson via Twitter and uh, started a relentless pursuit. And we were like, well, who is this and what's Paris? And uh, but if it wasn't for Twitter. And the posts that, that Jackson had out there of his playing, um, Paris wouldn't have found him. And, uh, you know, we're really glad yeah, he's there. Social, social media is becoming a big, a big part of it all. It's a, it's a big tool. And uh, I, I encourage younger guys to use it. Um, a lot of coaches are, are using Twitter or whatever it may be. And uh, it's, a, it's a good place to get seen. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, and sometimes when you're posting stuff, it just seems like, uh, but you don't make it about me. You just put it about, make it about the baseball and put it out there and, and you know, something good for will happen. Sure, for sure. Great advice. Okay. I want to talk briefly about your summer ball experiences. I know you guys uh, played after your freshman year. I think you played in, in West Virginia in the yes, prospect sir. league. <laughs> right. And uh, it was a, I know that's all kinds of interesting experiences, but what, what was summer collegiate wood bat baseball like? Oh man. <laughs> Kevin, you want, Kevin, you want to start this one off? All right. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> this, okay. so um, leaving Paris, you know, you're leaving, a pretty um, 
pretty rundown town, I guess. I mean, I love Paris, but I mean, it wasn't it was it wasn't San Francisco, I guess. Um, but, I call it I call it self-contained. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we were self-contained in Paris, and uh, we're leaving Paris. I go home for about whatever five days, and I ship back out to West Virginia, Beckley, West Virginia, to meet old Barrett and uh, Mason Hardwick out there for some summer baseball for what for the Woodbat League, the Prospect League. Um, and uh, I mean that <laughs> that was a. Uh, a crazy experience to say the least. I mean, we show up and, and this house is the, our house, the one that we're living in for the summer has duct tape on its back patio, which is made of plywood. We go into the kitchen and the washing, the dishwasher's not plugged in. It doesn't work. Um, there's, I mean, there, there's no bed frames. We're just laying on the floor. Um, and, um, we're like, where are we dude? And, um, we go, we go, we go to our practice because we practiced for a full week before we played, which doesn't usually happen. But um, this is uh, this was a um, our coach believed in, in a lot of practice. And um, so we, we went and we go to take a shower day one and the shower water is brown. The pipes were all rusted. We were like, no effing way. We were like, this place is crazy. And we're trying to make the best of our situation. And, and we're like, what a turnaround this place is. Oh, my goodness. And we call coach cox and cox cox is like no shot and we were like yeah i don't know either and um luckily our host family were some of the nicest people ever and they gave us a ton of accommodations and we were able to make it livable for a couple for for a few weeks and um and so that was a crazy like th- barrett and i were like is this summer ball is like is this what it's all about <laughs> um and uh we we ended up playing um, and we did fine. I mean, it was a fun, really fun league. Honestly, we had a good time. Um, but, uh, it was a, it was a weird wake up call, but I mean, it, again, I mean, it wasn't ideal, but it's part of what you sign up for. And you're like, I mean, some of what you sign up for is going to Beckley, West Virginia over your summers, giving up some social time to go play baseball and maybe live in a broken down shack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, the, the baseball side of it was really good. Uh, yeah, like the league itself was it was stacked. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of power five dudes from the north uh, northeast part of the country um, that were playing. And it was I mean, the baseball was awesome. The living experience was something else. I remember <laughs> getting off, getting off the uh, or coming back from practice and Mason Hardwick had gotten to the house before us. And he was like, dude, it's really bad. And I was like, <laughs> I was just like you know, Hardwick, he's probably exaggerating and then we got there and it was just like it was a nightmare it was insane which it's not it's not usually like that uh for anybody that wants to play summer ball i'll say this my summer situation right now is great and i love it um it's completely (laughs) different than last summer um but but it's just one of the things that might potentially happen and it's okay i mean it's just part of you gotta roll with the punches uh but but playing uh Playing the baseball side, I mean, it's awesome. You, you know, you're swinging wood bat. Uh, you're in these these crowds. I mean, sometimes there's, you know, 5,000 people at the game. And, uh, you know, you got, like, you got your beer batters and stuff. You got all these grown grown people yelling at this 20-year-old kid to strike out so they can get, <laughs> so they can get cheaper beer. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's such an experience. It's, it's, it's awesome. It sounds, 
It sounds so fun. And that's, you know, so, so I know Barrett this summer, you're, you're not, uh, I don't think you're playing, you're not traveling. You've got some other things that you're just getting ready to do. Um, but is that, is that accurate? Right? You're not, you're not playing in a wood bat league this summer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm just, I'm just at home. Yep. You're, you're taking care of business. And, uh, but Kevin, you're, you're up in what Victoria, Canada playing in, uh, West, Coast, West League. Coast League. Is that right? Yes, okay. Sir. West That's Coast correct. League. Yep. So, so tell us about that. And I know you, uh, I mean, big crowds, just, just kind of give us some, some of the highlights of what you've experienced over the last couple of weeks. Oh man, it's been awesome. So I, I get my passport already. I'm coming up to British Columbia. I, uh, I'm in Victoria now. And, um, I think it was day one. Um, there's whatever, 4,500 people show up, just fans, just like people coming to just watch. And, um, I mean, I got kids asking for my autograph while I'm in the on deck circle and I'm just like, Hey, I gotta go hit. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's kids out asking for autographs, asking for balls, your bat, um, just having a ton of fun. Um, and the main thing that the Harbor cats have been trying to do is just have fun, you know, give, give a fun experience for the fans and, um, you know, a bunch of mini games that the fans can participate in a ton of fun stuff. And I think so from right away, I mean, it, you have fun playing and it, and, um, there, I mean, there were times where, I mean, they, I would hear, I'd be up and they announced me Kevin Shea from Paris junior college. And, and I hear fans behind me start giving me nicknames or like Shea butter, or, you know, what's going on Shea style or something like that. And, and it's like, I mean, I, I, it helped, I'm grinning now. I'm smiling now. Cause it's just how fun it is. I mean, it, it really puts the fun into baseball and it makes you remember why you play. Um, and then to have, I mean, to have as, as hot of a start as I, I was, I had, I guess, um, it's sort of, it, they, I sort of became a fan favorite for a little bit and it was just, um, I mean, that was a one of a kind experience. I never had anything like that where people come up, want to take photos of me and stuff. I mean, where are you going to get that? Man, how cool. Just think back to where you were as a, as a freshman, right? Yeah, Five right. foot three, hundred and whatever, 30 pounds. Yep. And, and here you are playing in front of 5,000 fans in a summer wood bat league. I mean, it, it's been one of the greatest experiences ever. I mean, I, it makes me not want to leave. Um, and, uh, that's awesome. I mean, it's, I, I, I told, I told Jackson, I told Preston, I said, Hey, next summer where I was like, if you want to get to a good league, I said, I said, we play good. We play good talent in front of a lot of people. You get to have a lot of fun. And, um, the accommodation has been great. I walked to the field cause it's so nice. Uh, well, I, I can tell you, I, I love that part of the country. When, when my wife and I were married, we did our honeymoon in Vancouver, which is obviously very close to Victoria oh, yeah. and Victoria Island is gorgeous. It's awesome. So, uh, what a great place to be. So guys, what's, what's next for the two of you as you're making plans for this fall? Let's, uh, let's, let's start with you, Kevin. What's, what are you, what are you doing? Right. When summer ball's over, what are you doing? Right. Um, so I will say coach Cox and I've been working pretty hard this summer, um, finding me a home and, uh, the big one that I, uh, I, uh, we've been working on is University of San Francisco because I mean that's an opportunity to go actually back home a little bit later than when I initially attended or intended on going home. But I've been talking to their coach a lot and um, thinking we nailed down a place for me to play. So I mean, as long as everything goes to plan and I get into the school and I get accepted, all right. Um, looks like Kev's going to be going back home to play some University of San Francisco baseball. Kevin, that puts a smile on my face, man. I hope that works out. 
And uh, there's nobody that deserves it more than you. Uh, you're a grinder and you're an awesome player. And uh, I know that you're going to land in a great spot. And, and if that works out, I won't be surprised at all. So, uh, man, I'm rooting for you, bud. That is great news. Love it. And uh, and Barrett, you've got some uh, some some stuff going on, right? With just take us take us on through where where you're kind of at and what's what's going on with you for the fall. Yes, sir. So, um, I mean, I'm committed to uh, the University of Oklahoma, uh, which is where I'll be be attending in the uh, in the fall. Uh, I've got some some other things going on right now with uh, with the drafts coming up. It's kind of I don't I mean I don't really know um, what'll end up happening. It's it's all kind of not in my hands anymore at this point. You know I don't really have any games left to play or anything like that. So uh, it's going to be an interesting next uh, next month or so. Um, I'm anxious to see kind of how it all plays out. Um, but either way, it's uh, I've I've got really good opportunities, and uh, it's um, it's something I'm grateful for, and I'm I'm happy that uh, happy that I'm gonna be in a good place, uh, regardless of what happens. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun process to watch play out, and you know, selfishly, part of me says, man, I hope you make it to OU because uh, I've become a fan of OU baseball over the last couple of years, and <laughs> enjoy watching their games on ESPN Plus, and um, I know that that you would be a difference maker for them, and, and probably could be that uh, you know the tipping point, if you will. Um, you'd be a nice add to their roster and to their production, and, can, and they'll make it with you there. They'll make a nice run over the next couple of years for sure. But on the other side of it, if uh, you know you end up going the other way and headed to pro baseball, I'm definitely going to be following your progress because you're one of those special players that uh, I've watched a, a lot of great outfielders, and I've never quite seen anybody that has that instinct out there. The, the first step, the jump, the closing speed that, that I saw you catch balls that you're not supposed to catch and you made it look easy. And uh, so there's some there's some special talent there that uh, one way or another, if it's not now, it, it's when you're going to be playing professional baseball. So either way, it's going to be fun to watch. So very cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's that's the dream. That's what you that's what you work for, I guess. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. I do. I do like the. I mean, I love the coaches at Oklahoma. So um, they're they're really good dudes. Uh, it's a really good fit for me as far as how they play and everything. So and, uh, it'd be it'd be a cool experience either way. Well, as as our listeners have found out by now, both of you guys are wired the right way. You're very special. You're both very talented at the game. Um, you know, and and. Uh, there's no, there's no surprise of the success in what you guys have accomplished. And, and there's so much more ahead of you, even beyond baseball, you both are going to accomplish a lot more in baseball, but when that's over, uh, you guys are, are great young men and you're going to be awesome husbands and fathers, and you're going to do amazing things in your corporate life, whatever that is, uh, after your baseball careers end. So, uh, Pretty cool. So we're, hey, we're going to get to know you guys a little bit more personally now as we get into our what I call the brains and brawn. So I'm going to ask five quick questions, and I just want both of you guys to respond with the answer that comes off the top of your head. Um, so we'll start with what is your favorite movie? Kev, you want it? Oh, man. Uh, favorite movie is Blues Brothers. I'd probably say my favorite movie is Shutter Island with Leonardo. Oh, two good ones. Yep, yeah. two good ones. All right, what's your greatest accomplishment? Um, making the dean's list or the president's list of PJC. Honestly, four point student. Love I, it. 
I'd probably say the uh, the gold glove from last year is probably my my greatest. That was that was pretty cool one to to have. Yeah, that that's pretty special. Good 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 call, guys. Good choices. Uh, what is a goal that you are still chasing? Division one baseball player. Yeah, I, uh, I'm. I mean, I'm trying to trying to play professional baseball. Is uh, that's that's the goal. That's the dream. Still, still, still going after it. So we'll see. Never stop chasing them, guys. Never stop chasing your dreams. And when you reach the dream, make sure you set another one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay, if you could spend the day with anyone, past or present, who would that be? Oh my gosh. Um, Give me Ted Williams. There you go. Ted Williams. Uh, let's see. Let me think. Um, shoot. Probably right now. I, honestly, I'd say like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds would be fun. Uh, baseball mind. Kind of ask him some questions. Uh, see if I could. He's the man. Get some answers out of him. Yeah, greatest greatest hitter of all time. Honestly, but absolutely. And regardless of, I'm not biased. I peds or no giants. peds, the man. Yeah, exactly. The dude could hey, hit. he could hit. Regardless, peds or no peds, the dude could swing the baseball bat <laughs> for sure. All right, where's your favorite place to travel or visit? Okay, so I haven't been there, but. My family just recently got back from a trip there and I would do anything to get to Ireland where my, my original family, the Shea Roots, come from. It's the most beautiful place in the world I've heard and I would do anything to go there. So beautiful. That's me. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I like um, just beaches kind of anywhere. Uh, I've been to Mexico a few times. I love going anywhere in mexico i want to i want to go backpacking in like europe for just like a month just kind of completely get away from uh like america and everything maybe just leave my phone at the house and go go live in europe for a month with a backpack and just see what happens that sounds like fun can i go heck yeah heck yeah i'll be all three of us go all three of us will go i'm in i'm in I love it. All right, guys, uh, as we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? You got it, Bear? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, first, off, I just want to say thank you again for having us on here. Um, but uh, a, lot, a lot of what we know is, is baseball. But um, I think a lot of the lessons we've learned from baseball translate to life. And uh, I think being a good person and uh, working hard and believing in what you do uh, will get you get you where you want to go. And I think that's uh, that's the biggest thing baseball's taught me is just believe in what you do and uh, don't don't stop until you until you get where you want to be. Yeah, I kind of was going to say that similar thing. Just you don't want to leave with any regret anywhere. And so if you're going to do something, you got to go 100 percent all out, do its completion. And then if something doesn't work out, you can always look back and say, you know, I gave it everything I had. And then maybe it wasn't in the cards, but it's not like I did anything wrong. I did it. I did it to the best of my ability. And that goes for so many more things. That's what I've learned from baseball is that I've learned that in life, I mean, you got to do everything to the best of your ability, 100%. And then if it's supposed to work out, it'll work out. And if it doesn't, you gave 100%. And you can always look back and say, you know what, I tried my very hardest. So that's that's just been a big thing that baseball has taught me. And I guess that reflects into all aspects of life. Guys, very well said. Absolutely right on right on point. 
And I want to thank you again for this memorable conversation. I appreciate your insights and I'm sure our listeners will as well. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you, what are the best ways to do so? Uh, reach out, um, social media, um, pretty much all my social media is just Barrett Reebok. So, um, reach out there. I'll, I'll do my best to answer. And, uh, that, that's a good way to reach me. I'm a pretty sociable person. So yeah, if you want to, uh, hit up any of my socials, Twitter, Kevin Shea, um, you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm pretty active on there. So, I mean, you get, you get me on any of those social medias and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do my best to get back to you. Very good. Very good. Well, that's a wrap for today's Brawny Conversations podcast. Special thanks to our guests, Kevin Shea and Barrett Reebok. And I also want to thank each of you for choosing to listen to this podcast. New episodes are posted each month. So please remember to follow us and let us help you shorten your learning curve. Have a great day, everyone. You have been listening to the Brawny Conversations podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us today and please subscribe to the podcast to receive our latest episodes and give us a follow on social media. New episodes are now in production and we can't wait to share them with you. Pursue your passions and help others along the way. Have a great day and thank you for listening.